February 2nd, 2014, in Pretoria, South Africa. And we're going to be reading from Bhagavad Gita, chapter 1, text 4. So I understood that all of you have your Bhagavad Gita's and you've all read this verse and you're all come prepared. Yes? No? Some of you? Maybe? Could be. Might be. Atra Shurya Maheshvasa Bhimarjuna Samayudi Yuyudana Viratascha Drupadascha Maharataha Atra here. Here. Shuraha. Shuraha. Heroes. Heroes. Maha Ishu Ashaha. Maha Ishu Mighty Bowman. Mighty Bowman. Bhima Arjuna. Bhima Arjuna. To Bhima and Arjuna. Bhima and Arjuna. Samaha. Samaha. Equal. Equal. Yudi. Yudi. In the fight. In the fight. Yuyudana. 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 Virata. 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 Cha. Cha. Also. Drupada. Drupada. Cha. Cha. Also. Maharataha. Great fighter. Translation and purport by Here in this army are many heroic bowmen equal in fighting to Pima and Arjuna, great fighters like Yuyudana, Virata, and Drupada. Purport. Even though Dristadumna was not a very important obstacle in the face of Jonacharya's very great power in the military art, Dristadumna had been mentioned in the previous verse, there were many others who were causes of fear. They are mentioned by Duryodhana as great stumbling blocks on the path of victory because each and every one of them was as formidable as Bhima and Arjuna. He knew the strength of Bhima and Arjuna and thus he compared the others with them. Okay, who's talking? Well, okay. Sanjay, but not really. Sanjay just is just repeating others' words. So whose words is he repeating? Who's talking? Duryodhana. To whom is he talking? To whom is he talking? Jonah. Who is Jonah in relationship to Duryodhana? Jonah is Duryodhana's what? Oh, someone else besides Manasi. His teacher, yes, his teacher, but who is he also particularly here? He's his guru, yes. He's, he's one of the one of the main generals of the army. Yes. At this particular point, the. Uh, Kuru dynasty's battles are being headed by uh, Bhishma, but uh, Dronacharya is one of the main generals. So why why did uh, Duryodhana mention Dristadumna in the previous verse? Yes. 
Jonathan. Yes, Vistaduna was born to kill Jonacharya, but Jonacharya had done what with Vistaduna? He had taught him the military art. So even though he knew that Vistaduna was going to kill him on the battlefield, and he was destined, uh, still he gave him instruction in military science. And Duryodhan didn't like this very much. He was criticizing him in the previous verse. And here he's saying, why is he saying equal to Bhima and Arjuna now about the other fighters? What did Prabhupada say in the purple? So first he's indirectly criticizing Dramacharya. Ah, there's Mr. Juno, who you taught military science. Ah, you fool. Subtext. But just to do know, wasn't a particularly scary fighter, although he would be the cause of Jonah's death. Then he mentioned there's other fighters who are equal to Bhima and Arjuna because Bhima and Arjuna were the main, as Prabhupada says, causes of fear. So Yudana, Virat, and Drupad. Anybody know anything about any of those people? Who's Drupad? Yes, Draupadi's father. And who else's father? Who's his son? Just a Jumna. So it's Drupad who did a, a, a sacrifice, a yagya, in order to have just a Jumna as a son to kill Jonah. Jonah and Drupad had been very good friends. But then Drupad had wanted to kill Jonah. This happens. People one day are friends, next day are enemies. Some day people are enemies, next day are friends, yes? And what about Virat? Who's Virat? Somebody else. I heard that you're studying this at home. You're come, I heard this was like a study class. Is that true? It's just a just started. Well, it must have just started since we're on tech four. Must just be the fourth time. Yeah, so Virat was the king of Virat. That was where the Pandavas lived in disguise for a year. So, the king of Virat has a very famous doctor. Who's the doctor of the king of Virat? Ooh, is that? Very, very famous, very important. In the Bhagavatam, the grandson of Virat, who is a major play, player in the Bhagavatam, in fact, we could almost say he's almost got the starring role in the Bhagavatam, because Krishna has a starring, starring role, but the grandson of Virat. Without him, there wouldn't be a Bhagavatam. No, not Sukadeva Goswami. Who else? Who does Sukhadeva Goswami talk to? Parikit Maharaj. Parikit Maharaj is the grandson of Virat. So if he's the grandson of Virat, how is he related to Virat? His mother is Uchara. Yes. Who married? Who did Uchara marry? Abhimanyu, who is the son of Arjuna. This is Brickett's 
maternal grandfather. And then what's interesting here, of course, uh, the person speaking this verse, Duryodhan, is the epitome of a materialistic person. We sometimes refer to him as a demon. That doesn't mean he has horns and a tail. And you see here that he's checking out his causes of fear. Robert uses that phrase here in the purport, causes of fear. So here we see an example of what Krishna talks about later in the 16th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, that people who are super materialistic to the point of being demoniac, they think the causes of fear are outside of myself. The causes of fear are other people or other situations, which it's my business to defeat. And when I defeat all of the people and situations that are causes of fear for me, then I will find peace. That's how materialistic person. Materialistic person thinks all the all my anxieties are something outside of myself. They're caused by other people who oppose me. They're caused by various circumstances. So if I can adjust all of those, then my anxieties will go away. Makes perfect sense, right? If you have people who are causes of fear for you, that means people who are seem to do you harm. Like just a Juma, he was his mission in life was to kill Dronacharya. Anybody of us here have someone whose mission in life is to kill us? That'd be pretty scary, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be pretty scary if somebody chanted some mantras and invoked somebody, came out of a sacrificial fire, and their whole business in life would be to kill us? That'd be pretty scary. Should make a movie about it. Someday. So people who are causes of fear are people who seek to do us harm in some way, or some circumstances who are against us, and we figure that if we can neutralize all of these, then we'll be peaceful. We'll have no causes of fear. So this is how a materialistic person thinks. What is the real cause of fear? Materialistic person thinks, okay, once I've done all that, once I've taken care of all of my causes of fear, I will then be peaceful. But what is the actual cause of fear? Yes. Well, death, but why is death fearful? Why, why is death fearful? And definitely it's, it's a fear of the unknown. But why, why is it unknown? But what's, what's the root? Out of your control. Okay, out of our control. I can't control. Why else? Where does that all come from? It's unknown, it's out of my control. Yeah. Bodily conception of life. Thinking I am this body. Death is death of the body. Is anybody afraid of changing their clothes? Is that like really scary? I don't know what I'll wear tomorrow. <laughs> no, is that like really frightening? But that's what death is. It's kind of like moving to a new city where you don't know anybody. It's a little scary, but it's not terribly scary. 
we say, okay, you know, you're, you're going to be relocated to a new city, and you, you'll have to learn your way around. You have to make new friends. Before the days of fast communication, it was hard to keep up with your old friends when you moved. So death is something like that. You move to a new place. You have to get to know new people, get to know your way around. Maybe you move to a new country, you have to learn a new language. But that isn't like terribly scary, right? People don't spend so much money to avoid moving to a new place. But we put a lot of time and energy to avoid dying. So bodily conception of life. By the way, where does our bodily conception of life come from? Why do we even have a body? Why do we have a material body and a bodily conception of life? Where does that come from? Yes. Yes. Wanting to, wanting to. We're curious, and we, we're also thinking maybe Krishna's hiding something from us. Maybe there's something better than what he has. So we said, let me try to enjoy separately from Krishna. The only way to do that is an illusion. Uh, so therefore, we get what? And a false identity. So the source of all of our fear is doing something false. We can even see that in a materialistic sense. It's very scary when you're uh, pretending to be something you're not. Isn't that a scary thing? You're hoping nobody finds out who you really are. Hmm? So all of our fear comes from this pretense that I am just saying it's out of my control, pretending that we are the controller. That's very scary because I'm not the supreme controller. So when I pretend that I'm the controller and I pretend that I can enjoy separately from Krishna and then I get in this illusion, that's what's scary. But scary really isn't our so-called enemies. Our so-called enemies wouldn't hold any fear for us if we understood that this is all an illusion and we have nothing to do with it. Make sense? Yes? If you're just playing some game with somebody, you know, sitting down and playing a Monopoly. Do you guys play Monopoly here? So I think of life is like that. It's kind of like a Monopoly game. So if someone's trying to take your properties and your money in a Monopoly game, are they like your enemy? Are they really scary? Is it really you filled with fear? I'm going to take my Monopoly money. I'm going to take my little plastic houses in the Monopoly game. It's just a game. But if you think it's real, and you think that if your little plastic house and your Monopoly money is gone, then you're going to be finished. That is very scary. And then those people become your enemies, and those situations become your enemies. So this is Duryodhana's view. Duryodhana's view is, I am a material being. Uh, my happiness is in controlling the material world. My happiness is in creating external safety for myself. Therefore, these people are causes of fear. And therefore, I'm strategically thinking, okay, who's the biggest guy on the other side and how are we going to counteract him? And so forth. And that's how he's planning his life. And that, my dear friends, is how every materialistic person plans it. And we may not do it on the battlefield with weapons, but we do it in so many ways. And Arjuna, of course, rejects this and says, I'm just going to walk away from the whole thing. Because I don't want to be in this mentality. And Krishna says, no, there's another reason for fighting besides thinking in terms of friends and enemies. There's another reason for fighting other than material fear and illusion. There's a reason for fighting to establish truth, at least in this particular battle. Okay, any questions on this verse?
By the way, those of you who are just starting to study the Bhagavad Gita, if you're not familiar with the story of the Mahabharata, you might find chapter one a little overwhelming with all of the names. When I first read chapter one, when I was a university student, I couldn't figure it out at all. I didn't even know how to pronounce these words. You, you, And it, it, was, it was quite a while. I think it took me about two years of being in the Hare Krishna movement before I was really able to sort out who's married to who and who has what, what kid and who's on what side in this battle and what's going on and what's in the story. So if you just get the basic idea that there's a battle going on between the good guys and the bad guys, that will give you enough to go on to chapter two, which is where the philosophy of the Bible is. Okay, anybody else on this verse? At all?